0: Always be consistent and don't always make it about you. It's always about what's in it for whoever your prospect is.
1: As a loyal Best Ever listener, you know that it's important that we as entrepreneurs focus on managing our time effectively, which is why we're always looking for ways to automate the basic duties of our business so that we can focus more time on our money making activities. That's why I want to introduce you to Rentler.com. At Rentler, landlords and property managers can perform all their duties in one place. Rentler offers tools that allow you to automate tasks like listing a unit for rent, finding and screening tenants, collecting rent, and managing the maintenance requests. And even better, these tools are offered at zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash ever. That's dot com forward slash best ever to get started today. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. James Hawk, how you doing, James? Good, man. How are you?
0: Thanks for having me on.
1: My pleasure. I'm doing well and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about James. He owns and operates a multi-million dollar real estate investing business in North and Central Florida. He's been a full-time real estate investor since 2010 and has purchased over 1,000 properties. He's bought and sold over $40 million worth of real estate. And he's based in Jacksonville, Florida. So with that being said, James, we you give the best ever listeners a little
0: bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure, sure. So primarily we wholesale. I would say that our business is broken down to about 90% wholesale, 5% rehabbing, a little bit of hotel, and then we also do a little bit of new construction as well, but not that much. So basically, I got started in 2010. I was working full-time for a bridge company. We actually did the Woodrow Wilson in Washington, D.C., and featured mega Builders and a lot of other cool stuff wow, like that. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool, but I learned pretty quick that... It was, where am I really going? I was making decent money. I wanted more out of my life. At the time, I had a friend that was a full-time real estate investor. He really wouldn't share too much with me. I just seen that he was successful and he was making a lot of money. And I set out, I was going to be an agent. So instead of going the agent route, I think it was on man, you know, back then, and I know you were in the game as well, probably you couldn't just go to YouTube and 5 million videos show up or anything like that. So what I did is I stumbled across, I want to say a blog about wholesaling. I think it was actually like REI club or something like that. And I'd never heard of it before. And I just, I took the concept and basically just went out and just went until I figured it out more or less. And it was about, Five to six months before I actually did my first deal for four thousand dollars. My second one was for twenty, and then I quit my job and went full time.
1: <laughs> wow! There you go. You did some research, made it happen, and now here
0: you are. Yeah, I tell you, everyone thought I was crazy. Obviously, you know, Who's everyone it was the same story. My family, my friends. I wasn't making a ton of money, but I had a regular middle class job, good benefits and everything else. So it's just something that I don't come from an entrepreneurial family. Like everyone they go to school, they get a good job and they live out their life. So for me to do that it was just a lot different than what I grew up around. How old are you now? Thirty one.
1: Thirty one. So how old were you when you left the bridge
0: the new Yeah, day?
1: I was I think I was twenty two. 22 then, and were you married at the time? I don't want to make assumptions. No, okay. I thought I thought I was kind of young to be married, but I just want to make sure. Okay, so you weren't married. So your family and friends thought you're crazy because you left the decent salary job, as you said, and started your own venture. Now, ninety percent of your business is wholesaling, and then you got you know miscellaneous stuff. Why did you choose wholesaling over rehabbing, wholesaling, and new construction, other aspects of your business that you do, but not nearly as much?
0: Right. And what's interesting, it's kind of been the roller coaster over the last eight years bouncing back and forth between, all right, we're going to be, and I have a business partner by the way now. I didn't at first, but since 2013 I have, but we've went back and forth like, all right, we're going to rehab everything. Now we're wholesaling everything. And we've went through just the common hurdles that most people that's been doing this for a fair amount of time probably have as well. And then we finally settled in the last couple of years on the model that we have now, just simply because it's just so much easier and cleaner anyone that's rehabbed a substantial amount of houses knows dealing with the contractors and just the invoicing and just all that stuff is just really a pain. There's a lot of money in it. And we've brought people in-house, had project managers, and we've done it a lot of different ways. But at the end of the day, for our time and the lifestyle that we were looking to have in this business, wholesaling has just made the most sense for us.
1: I hear you. If I didn't do what I did and I was still doing real estate, wholesaling would be the next option that I'd focus on. And the only reason I didn't get into wholesaling originally is I just didn't really know about it. Otherwise, I might be in it because the risk per deal is like nothing, right? Like You're not risking your own money. So if you don't sell it, then you just don't
0: sell it, right? Yeah. And that's pretty much it. That was a great point. There is. It's very minimal risk. I will say this. We focus very, very much on customer experience and branding and creating that we're the authority in any market that we're in. That's what we try to portray and we try to live up to it. So we never try to put anything under contract that we don't want to close on or we don't have the ability to close on. So we always make sure that we can. The only issues that we might run into every once in a while is that maybe one of our salespeople that gets the contract for whatever reason, it just doesn't really work. It's rare, but it does happen. And then we usually use the inspection period and then we'll just either have to back out or renegotiate.
1: Customer experience and branding is the focus according to you. How do you apply that and bring that to life?
0: Well, in a lot of ways. So from everything that we do, a marketing standpoint, from the time that we talk to somebody, we answer the phone first and foremost, always. They're basically going to make sure that they're treated like family when they call us. So that's how everyone in here is. We're really, really close. And we just do a lot of stuff that not necessarily every other company that wholesales would do. So we'll send them packages in the mail after the appointment, thank you packages, just a lot of different stuff like that, that I've never seen anyone else do. We have a charity program, it's called Houses Help. So if we buy your house, we basically will donate up to $1,000 to the church or charity of the seller's choice. We have another moving program, just different stuff like that, that really helps us stand out amongst everyone else. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: The being treated like family part, whenever they call you, will you elaborate on how that's
0: executed? Sure. Let me say it like this. Whenever they call, it doesn't matter what they say to us. This happens all the time. They call from, let's just say mail or whatever, and they're super, super upset. We'll just kill them with kindness until it turns around and this happens. I'm telling you probably once a week or someone will call and they're super, super upset and we'll just focus everything on really digging into why they're upset, trying to turn that around, trying to help them understand our position and then basically getting that appointment and uh, going out there and meeting with them. And Once we do that, typically at least 40 to 50% of the time we'll buy that house.
1: Yeah, there's a difference between What I call the customer service smile, where it's just fake and you're calling with an issue and they're smiling, but you know, it's just a front versus what you said, where you're asking questions to get to the root of why they're feeling that way. And why is it? Why are they calling you super upset, by the way?
0: Just to echo what you just said, and that's exactly right. And I should have said that it's being really genuine as well. That's another great point to that, just being really genuine. And I would say the only time people would call that are really upset are off of mail. We have a lot of different marketing channels. We do radio, we do mail, we do Facebook. Google, but the mail is the only time that we'll ever get a call from someone that's upset. And that's simply because they go out to their mailbox every day and there's 10, 15, 20 postcards and letters. So even though we write all of our own and try to really like stand out at the end of the day, some people just get frustrated that they're getting so much mail. And then we're just talking to them and letting them know why we're doing that and being genuine with them. And they usually appreciate that. Half of the other people, like they tell us, don't even answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Do you
1: answer phones twenty
0: four seven? Not twenty four seven, but anytime between eight a.m. and two a.m. Oh, that's pretty close. Yeah, we're close. Not quite twenty four seven, but the um yeah between eight and two. If I call at
1: one a.m., where's the person located? Who yeah, I'm talking the person to?
0: Person at one a.m. would be in the Philippines. That would be a VA, but we will answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Your marketing
1: you touched on you said customer experience and branding tend to be the focus, so we just talked about customer experience, and what about branding slash I'll group in marketing there. You said radio, direct mail, Google,
0: what else do you do? We also do Facebook ads, and we've really spent quite a bit of money and really dialed in Facebook. It's something that I hear quite often. I'm in a couple high-level masterminds, real estate investing masterminds. And the common theme is Facebook for motivated sellers is very difficult. The lead quality isn't that great. It's really expensive. And this is just every day. On average, we spend for a lead, let's just say direct mail, $100, maybe a little over $100 for a direct mail lead. And Facebook, we can bring in leads for about $40. So less than half of a direct mail lead. And typically They can even be higher quality because they're actually taking the time to submit the form. And in essence, we're kind of more in the driver's seat versus with direct mail. They're just responding. So it's reactive instead of proactive.
1: What about radio? What are you getting per lead? What what Well,
0: radio is interesting. We just started testing radio the last three weeks. So we are getting calls. We haven't got a deal off of radio yet. But we're going to see. We have a local, very popular DJ that's endorsing us. And I'm curious to see what happens. We're also going to test TV, but the majority of our money goes into Facebook, Google, direct mail, and relationships and networking.
1: What's your cost per lead on Google?
0: On Google, we stay around 175 or so for AdWords, which the lead quality is always extremely high. What we do tend to find, though, is if you get a lead on AdWords nine times out of ten, they also went to five other sites, Uh which we really don't mind because we go out and we have a full-blown presentation that we give them. We have like a leave-behind folder with credibility kit. We send them when we book the appointment, they'll get a link that'll actually show like a video of uh, who's coming out to their house with an introduction. So we do all these little cool things that we really don't see anyone else doing that for us just seems like it's business fundamentals. Mm
1: -hmm. You bring up an interesting point I never ever thought about where it's not just about cost per acquisition. It's also about where those individuals are coming from and if that platform lends itself to them also easily reaching out to your competition. And you mentioned that it's not a big deal, but ideally it would be nice if it was a platform that they weren't naturally coming across your competition, right? Sure. It's interesting. Yeah, and I never thought about that. So if you've got 175 bucks, you said 175 I assume it was $175, not $1.75, right? Right,
0: right. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. I just want to make sure. All my money would sure. go on Google.
1: So there comes my next question. With Facebook being 40 bucks a lead, and you said it's pretty high quality, why not just go all in on the Facebook ads and not do direct mail, radio, TV, or Google?
0: Well, I'll tell you why, and that's a very good question the reason why we wouldn't do that is just simply because we like to at least have a few lines in the water. You just never know. I recommend to everyone make sure at least you have three or four marketing channels just simply because you just never know what might happen. So if something with that channel dies or Facebook changes their algorithm or or whatever it is, that could really affect your business. So Even an example would be direct mail back in 2011, 2012. I felt like we were the only postcard or letter that these people were getting. I mean, it was very rare that we even had much competition at all because things really hadn't picked back up. But now, geez, every single day, like we go to appointments and there's, you know, 30, 40 postcards just stacked up on their counter. And that's what my salespeople tell me all the time. But yeah, that's why. I highly suggest that you just don't have one resource that your entire business is depending upon.
1: Let's talk about your team. How do you structure the team?
0: We have eight people now. We have two outside sales. We have one lead coordinator that's during the day. And then we also have a lead coordinator slash data specialist that's at night obviously also have my business partner. We have a full-time marketing person on staff, and we also have a full-time dispositions manager as well. And I think that's everybody. Don't tell them I said that. I
1: think think you got (laughs) it. Your business partner, how do you divide up roles and responsibilities? That's a great question as
0: well. What, What we do is we're like, look, you're going to focus on this side of the business and I'm going to focus on this side. And we base that around what our strengths are. So my strength is more on the sales and marketing side. So that's what I focus on. And his strength is more on the going out, raising money, managing any construction. So that's what he focuses on. So it's the divide and conquer model.
1: Yeah. You complement each other.
0: Right. Absolutely. How'd you meet your business partner? We both had our own wholesaling business and this was like at the end of 2012, we just, Kept running across each other on Craigslist, like looking at each other's properties that were for sale. And then we could call on them, not realizing it. So after that happened like three or four times, we were like, hey, let's just meet up. And I just happened to have a lead in a phenomenal area in Ponte Vedra Beach. And I was like, hey, why don't you meet up with me and let's take a look at this house that I think I'm gonna get. So he met me over there, we walked the house and we just hit it off really well. Our values aligned. And it just made sense. So we just made an agreement that it's okay. I'll go out and I will lock up this contract on this house. You go out and raise the money and then we'll just rehab this house together and see what happens. So it was on a whim to an extent, I guess you could say. And we did that house and we absolutely crushed it. It was probably the best and worst thing that could have happened. We actually made over a hundred thousand dollars on that house. Wow. And that was our first rehab. And then we just happened to do it together. And that was the first rehab for each of us. Then we decided, hey, why don't we just partner up and do this? $100,000, that gets you really excited. So you're ready to partner with everybody.
1: <laughs> it does. And so now I have got to ask the question, you focus on wholesaling, but you made $100,000 on rehab and that was how you and your partner did your deal. So why'd you get away from rehabbing?
0: We still do. We have well,
1: 90% is pretty, that's, that's, you said 90% wholesaling and five's rehabs.
0: It is. Well, here's the thing. And this will put it in perspective for everyone. We actually make a good amount of money even on our wholesale deals. So our average profit per wholesale deal is around twenty three, twenty four thousand dollars 24000 And obviously every rehab can't be a hundred. And we actually had two wholesale deals last year that were over $100,000. Wow. So we just look at it as like, okay, if we can make... Twenty-three, twenty-four thousand, 24,000, whatever that is right now, versus maybe 35 or 40 if we buy it and rehab it. That's kind of the way that we look at it. If it's substantially more, if we can at least double our money rehabbing it, then we will. We've
1: got to talk about these two wholesale deals last year where you made over $100,000 each. Let's talk about each individually. Pick whichever one we want first.
0: This is one before we had salespeople at the beginning of the year. I think it was like February of 2017. It was in Atlantic Beach, which is a highly desirable area. The seller called. I went out to the appointment and he had literally stuff stacked to the ceiling throughout the entire house. His mother was living with him and she had just passed away and he had some financial hardship. So I worked with him. I released some money early, helped him move out and really walked him through the process. And that deal we actually sent out and it was within an hour. We actually got over what we were asking for it. And I want to say we sold it for 270 yes, 272 and we had it for, I want to say 169 under contract. So it didn't close though for a couple months, but yeah, that was a good one. How'd you find it? That one came from direct mail. Okay.
1: What about that other one?
0: The other one was actually direct mail as well. It was in another highly desirable area called Marsh Landing in Ponte Vedra Beach. There's like an equity membership just to be in there. I want to say it's twenty or $30,000 that you need to put up front just to live in that community. And We got a great deal on the house from the hurricane. It had flooded a little bit and they had already relocated to a different location. So the house was just sitting there. This one was one of our salespeople and we always, by the way, try to get video testimonials just because we we love getting them. It's social proof and we love being able to show that to everyone else and anyone that's skeptical, they can see that it's real. So we also got him to do a video testimonial, but we also sold it to someone that lived in that neighborhood. So one of our buyers lived in there, and he was looking for another house in that neighborhood. We got it for three seventy, and then we sold it to him for uh, I think it was four eighty three. So the final check was just over like a hundred one thousand dollars that we made on it. But yeah, he ended up buying it and he fixed it up to live in it, and then he sold his other house in that same neighborhood.
1: Based on your experience, what is your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: The best real estate investing advice ever, I would say that it goes in line with marketing. Someone once told me always be consistent and don't always make it about you. It's always about what's in it for whoever your prospect is.
1: Mm -hmm. That is so true. And in the world of social media, a lot of people get away from that. There's a lot of chest pounding out there versus thinking about how that content will be valuable for the people receiving it.
0: 100%.
1: We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. You looking for a one-stop landlording software that helps you create listings, find and screen tenants, and accept rental payments while managing maintenance requests? Oh, by the way, it's zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T R Y R E N T L E R.com forward slash best ever. Why lose money in a schizophrenic stock market when you can make money outside of the stock market? Impact Housing REIT is a new social impact multifamily fund that delivers strong financial returns while improving the lives of residents and the planet. Go to ImpactHousing.com and tell them that I sent you. Okay, best ever book you've read. Traction, Gino Wickman. Best ever deal you've done that you haven't discussed on the show yet.
0: Best ever deal I've done that I haven't discussed on the show. Obviously, I would go back to that $100,000 wholesale deal. But I'll tell you what, we just completed a project that it was just a lot. So we tore down the house and it was actually a double lot. And we're going to be right at $100,000 on that. It was minimal effort, minimal time, and it's hundred dollars So that was a great deal. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction?
1: <laughs> a mistake? You haven't, done, you haven't made any of those yet, have you?
0: Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I would say that a big mistake that you can make in wholesaling that I've made so many times is typically we use with a wholesale deal our buyer's funds. Now we always have our funds there just to back it up. But before we didn't do that. So if the buyer's money don't show up or they back out at the last minute, then you're in a bad situation. What happens
1: if you don't have money and they don't have money, but you're supposed to close? I don't think I know that answer.
0: Typically, we always do have the money. It just might not be there at the time or whenever we did it that way. If they fell out at the last minute or the lender didn't send their money or whatever the case may be, then now we're scrambling, trying to go to the bank or or whatever we have to do, talk to our lender to get that money over there. So, Typically, we would just go to the seller and say, Hey, there's just an issue, but we're going to get the money over there as soon as possible. Work with us. Luckily, it hasn't gone severe, but that's always an uncomfortable situation. And I would highly suggest that now we always even have our buyers send in their money 24 hours in advance as well, just for a comfort level. Best ever way you like to give back? Through our Houses Help program. That's really cool. We love that. What is it? Like I said earlier, it's the program that we offer to all the stuff. sorry. Yep. Yeah, no, it's fine.
1: If you buy the house, you donate up to $1,000 to charity. Or if you buy their house, you donate up to $1,000.
0: Yeah, of their choice. It could be a church, a charity, whatever they choose. Then we would donate the money. And it's at closing, so it would show up on the HUD and they would see it happen.
1: How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing and get in touch with you and your company?
0: You can find me almost everywhere at FlipFuel. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. So at FlipFuel, you can find me.
1: Excellent. And your website is linked in the show notes. James, thank you so much for being on the show, talking about your business focus, which is wholesaling as well as Getting into the details, I love it. You got into the cost per lead for Facebook, 40 bucks; direct mail, 100 bucks; Google, $175, and some pros and cons for each of those. Got into the team and then got into two case studies for those $100,000 wholesale deals. So thanks again for being on the show. Really valuable stuff for the listeners. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Thanks, man appreciate it.
1: Why lose money in a schizophrenic stock market when you can make money outside of the stock market? Impact Housing REIT is a new social impact multifamily fund that delivers strong financial returns while improving the lives of residents and the planet. Go to impacthousing.com and tell them that I sent you.